you guys developed later than we did. So <laughs> you have the opportunity to, uh, you know, learn from all the other countries around the world and make it yeah. very high quality. Like, OK, these are the things that didn't work. So we're going to make it better. And so you have like all these amazing, super modern infrastructure in the United States. We're like among those nations that did it first. So they have not the best in some cases, you know, I mean, I've gotten sick, really, really sick uh, here in Beijing. I went to the hospital and they treated me with unbelievable care. Basically, there was a hole in my intestine. Oh, no. And that is serious. Like, you know, you could die. And like they were able to treat me immediately. I saw a doctor within like 20 minutes. So this guy comes up to me, you know, oh, OK. And he's like, dude, can I buff your shoes? For five dollars. And I looked down at my shoes oh, and they no. were like the kind that are like velvety <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, dude, you can't okay. buff these shoes. These are unbuffable. And so he, he looks down. And he yeah. says, I bet you twenty dollars that I could buff your shoes. Oh, my. And God. if I can, you, you pay me. Right. And if you if I can't, then I'll give you five dollars. Welcome to the bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason, and today with me is Alex Schur. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. So I found this really interesting article on MSN entitled 18 Reasons Why America Ranks as One of the Worst Places to Live Ouch. in the World. <laughs> yeah. So I thought this would be fun. I'm not trying to bash America. I love America. They have Taco Bell. The, yeah. Anywhere that is the home of the ta of Taco Bell is, uh, is somewhere I love. And my family lives the there. The only redeeming quality. Oh, and I got you and all kinds of amazing America's got amazing features. However, I thought this would be fun to discuss and we could talk about how these things relate to what life in is like in China relative to these points. And plus, you know, a lot of people have been feeling tension because of inflation in the last few years. I think there's a lot of a stress about living in America right now. Yeah, I actually talked to a friend who came back to China and she lives in New York right now. And mm. I confirmed multiple points with her because I, <laughs> I refuse to believe some of the things people are saying right now. And unfortunately, she proved that those things are true and inflation is one of the biggest things that are kind of bothering everybody living in America right now. Yeah. You know, as we all know, if you've listened to our show, I, mm -hmm. I used to live there. I used to live in two of the more expensive cities in America, but... I don't think like I was doing the math when she was telling me about her living costs and her salary. I was looking at it and I was like, I don't think I'll be able to really afford it. I'll need to go back to having roommates, maybe multiple roommates. Well, you know, I've, I've, if I ever had to move back, I would just move in with my mom for the first year or two, you know, get a job and like <laughs> save up enough capital to survive because yeah. it's expensive as heck. And I think a lot of people are doing that. So, so this is 18 reasons why America ranks as one of the worst places to live in the world. And, you know, obviously they name it this because they want click. It's a clickbait. This is clickbait. So uh, I wanted to talk about them. Number one, high cost of health care. And we've talked about this, I don't know, two or three or four yes, times. Extensively. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. this is a big one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is. OK, I got to say two things about this that I think before, you know, we move on. Um, number one, the United States, while it does have the highest cost of health care, it also probably has, if you can afford it, the best health care. So if you are one of these people who make six figures or more or whatever, you live in the place you probably want to live if you get some sort of really complicated disease. But for most people, for Ooh. 90, 95 percent of people, that's inaccessible. So it's frustrating to live in this amazing healthcare environment and not to be able to even access basic healthcare sometimes. To be fair, I do fancy <laughs> about the day when I can just be like, oh, can you can you make a call to Dr. Blah, 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 because I need to see him right now. <laughs> the doctor just comes to my house. Well, you know, you're we're in. I mean, I've gotten sick, really, really sick uh, here in Beijing a couple times. Uh, and I went to the hospital and they treated me with unbelievable care. And I was I, I had a septic issue. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but basically there was a hole in my intestine. Oh, no. And that is serious. Like, you know, you could die. And like they were able to treat me immediately. I got I got it. Went into the hospital. I saw a doctor within like 20 minutes 
And then they treated me and I was better within a few days. So and it was amazing. I didn't even have to have surgery or anything. Yeah, I didn't even have to have one of those unusual exploratory techniques done. But, you know, if, you know, I, everything I've ever had, I've had spinal problems. I've had uh, septic issues. I've had I've been really sick. My wife has been really sick, you know, here and there. Mm. And everything is always we get to see a doctor within 15, 20 minutes and we're better within a day or two or a few days. And so, you know, yeah. basic medical care in China is amazing. And, you know, most of the time we pay like in U.S. dollars, like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Mm, the immediacy here is kind of you can't beat that. Like you pretty much get at least looked at when you really need to. And it, you don't have to be in really critical condition for that to happen. Mm. I think I was talking to someone who had just moved to China from somewhere in Europe. I can't remember which country, but mm -hmm. he was talking about, you know, uh, having to deal with the medical system here um, and how different it is. Not in a really negative way, but just pointing out a differences. And I said, look, here's the thing. We don't have a very fancy system. You know, it's not going to be like you go to the hospital and you sit in a really nice couch and then someone's going to bring you a cup of water and say, Dr. Jason Smith will be with you very shortly. Uh, let me know if you need anything else. That would. It's, it's very much like by procedure. Everybody knows like the steps. But if you do need to go, even if you just have a, you know, a very yeah. like a suspicious headache you're worried about, you will be attended to very, very immediately as soon as you go to the hospital. So that's that's kind of the difference. And he was like, OK, that's cool, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the next one is and I think we actually we still have this issue in China to some extent, income inequality. So in the United States, on one end, you have Elon Musk, right? What is he worth? Like more than $100 billion or something, right? More than, more than Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's worth more than many countries' GDPs. So uh, then on the other hand, you have people who are living in tents on the street, right? Okay, so that's bad. It's difficult to quantify the, what is it called? The Gini Index of China and the U.S. are actually very similar. Mm. China is actually a little bit better, incrementally better. So I don't know if people know what that means. Yeah. But basically, income inequality is not as bad in China. But you do have people living on 20,000 uh, RMB a year with, on the low end and then people who are, you know, yeah. billionaires on the other side. So, I mean, China and the United States kind of share some of the income inequality. I would say the difference, though, is in China, there is a very strong concerted effort to try to make sure that everyone is housed. And in yeah. the United States, there's a, about a million people with no home. So I think we can look at that. I and mean, that's just my opinion. What do you think? I think there's also, as we all know, there's super rich people in China, uh, really, really rich. But then there are also people living in less developed areas who make yeah. a drop, like dramatic dramatically lower annual income. But I do want to say that the living quality, as we discussed before, isn't as bad. Like you said, uh, housing is one thing and the food you're able to eat is another. Um, kind of your health care <laughs> situation, which we just covered, is a little different right. as well. So your living quality, even if you're making very little money, if you live in a very remote, far, you know, mountainous region in the village, you're still able to feed yourself, live under a roof and get help if you feel unwell. Yeah, So right. That's all that. Those are really good points, actually. I hadn't thought about health care as a part of income inequality. Basic but it's survival true, yeah. situation. You what know? is it called? Maslow's law. There's a there's a pyramid, Maslow's pyramid. Uh -huh. And basically each level you, you start out at the bottom. Do you have shelter? You know, do you have basic medical care? Do yeah. you have food? And then you move up and then it's like, OK, do you have, you know, some, you know, uh, access to education and things? And by the time you get to the top, it's like, are you giving back mm. to the community? So it starts at the bottom. Yeah. What are your basic needs? Are your basic needs needs met? And I think that is something that China does well. It makes sure that there aren't any people who are missing the first level of that pyramid. Yeah. Whereas in the United States, it's like, oh, you can't pay your bill. Well, like when we build a really we, tall know, pyramid, but uh, here's a tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have a really here's a tent. Good luck. There's a park over there. Try not to get busted by the police for sleeping. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> so, when, I, when my mom first yeah. came to visit me in, in the States because, you know, the whole idea of not even American dream, just the image of America 
um, was was so beautifully painted to the, the rest of the world. And my mom was right, yeah. thinking, you know, oh, we're, well, I'm going to go visit my daughter in this unit. And then she was quite disturbed when she was, um, you know, when she saw the homeless people on the street. When people came to, you know how people would sell you things on the street mm-hmm. very bluntly. And, you know, after living there for a little bit, you do have kind of your ways to deal with them. But you're just there visiting and you didn't. I did a poor job in prepping my mom on how to how to interact with people. And she was really uncomfortable and she didn't know what to do and she thought these people would like were coming up to her to to try to just get her money or try to like you know con her money and i was like no i mean sometimes they do (laughs) you you can talk to them and still walk away it's okay but she just did she's not used to it because it's not it's not as um as common here well i want to tell a story now because i actually got conned one time by someone who was really clever and i allowed them to con me because i thought he did a good job so this okay i was i was was leaving San Francisco and I had my luggage with me, which is a mistake. So I'm on Market Street with luggage. So people see. I'm sorry, you have your luggage with you and that's a mistake. If you're in downtown San Francisco with your luggage on Market Street, if you have luggage with you, you look like a target. You look like a tourist. So this guy comes up to me, you know, oh, okay. And he's like, dude, can I buff your shoes? For $5. And I looked down at my shoes and they were like the kind that are like velvety (laughs) or whatever. And I was like, dude, you can't buff these shoes. These are unbuffable. You know, like they're not the kind that you buff. Right. (laughs) And so he he looks down. He says, I bet you $20 that I could buff your shoes. Oh, my God. And if I can, you you pay me. Right. And if you if I can't, then I'll give you $5. And I was like, "Okay, fine deal, because it's they're unbuffable. So he leans down. And he finds that the lip of my shoe around the bottom is, in fact, buffable. So he buffs that. And then, I, you know, so I was like, OK, you know, you win the bet. Right. So I gave him 20 bucks. It was not that big of a deal. But that was essentially kind of like a, a clever con. Then he said to me, a native San Franciscan, you know, welcome to San Francisco. And I just felt so embarrassed. You're at like, that point. <laughs> you should be like, I live here and this is going to be one of the reasons for me to move away. <laughs> You're listening to The Bridge. Anyways, let's move on. We got 16 more, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, challenges in affordable housing. And we just talk, kind of talked about yeah, that. You know, that's of, a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Rent and, and buying homes are expensive. Homes that were worth $150,000 five years ago are now worth half a million. So I I really am worried. I'm, I mean, my mom is fine. Yeah. She is in a home. She has a home. She's already in her arrangement. For people who ha- do not own a home, you know, renters and stuff. Oh, my God. I feel honestly really sad and concerned about my fellow Americans, how they're going to survive. And it is a huge deal. Yeah, I was uh, one of my friends is is now a real estate agent in, in Boston. And he was uh, posting videos of these houses that are available on the market and, you know, for rent. It's because his targeted customers are probably just either Chinese immigrants or Chinese international students living in America. And I looked at the price and I can't believe what I was seeing because I would there was no way I would be able to <laughs> just live in Boston now. It's so like the price that you used to pay for a studio, you know, a space that's all to yourself. Right. Um, now you can only get a room. Yeah. You know, right. In a in a in a in a two so-called two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And I think they call it a split uh, apartment where there's no living room. Oh wow! So yeah, uh, I think that place. So costs... do you just like eat ramen and have a microwave in your in your bedroom? Or you can you can you can be forced to socialize with your roommate in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved my last roommates, but I avoided them all the time. When I was in San Francisco, I had roommates. They were amazingly wonderful, kind, sweetheart people with smiles on their faces all the time. But I still felt awkward about living with them. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of pressure. You can't be always that happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one is the student loan crisis, which is two trillion dollars total and it affects about 50 million americans yeah this one i clean my hands and i just gave it to america <laughs> yeah this <laughs> is yeah, this is not a problem in germany this is not a problem in england this is not a problem in france this is not a problem in japan this is not a problem in china this is a u.s american problem you guys are the ones who need to fix this you are unique in this problem <laughs> huge numbers we're talking about yeah this is a mm. serious crisis that they do need to fix somehow and this is not normal okay so this this next one is very controversial, but it shouldn't be criminal justice system disparities. I mean, basically, it just means the judges and police are racists. 
and which is true. You know, mm. you have if you're black while driving in America, you're in danger. And that is that should not be the case. And this is a problem in America. I mean, I don't want to drag the the mood down too much, but I've, we've talked about uh, police brutality and other related topics before. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen those videos of, of you know, um, the black fathers and mothers are telling their kids how to act and how to talk to police. Oh, my God. Breaks my heart. Oh, I don't want to get into this one too deep because it is a deep one to get into. Yeah. But, you know, like this shouldn't be the case. I don't understand because there are a lot of African-Americans who are on the police force. Why is this still a problem? I don't understand. They diversified to some extent, many police forces, but then police forces remained racist essentially. And so that, that is very disturbing. Uh, and yeah, in China, I think I get away with more stuff because I'm, I'm like not Chinese. I'm, when I'm walking around yeah. and the police see me, they're like, Oh, that's a lot. Why uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Just let him do that. <laughs> like, so I, I feel like it's the opposite here you know almost like there's reverse racism where they're like oh wow just just let him bicycle in that lane he doesn't know better <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to deal with the trouble of telling him what to do right yeah, I, I I, have to I'm, I'm gonna be like please stop and he's gonna be like what ting but don't but there are there are there are police members here that speak english that uh, really fluently and even though they're coming to you to check your stuff and you get a little annoyed as a as an expatriate living this in living in china you get a little annoyed and mm-hmm. then my friends are like well, I, I was pretty impressed with with this policeman's English because it was really it's really good. But I think the point is, here's the thing: like we're not saying nobody's saying uh, everyone in certain communities is all good or bad, but um, right. in yeah. certain in 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 a lot of the recent cases, and actually not recent because you know you know if you talk to your friends in the community in the African American community, this is kind of something that they've been dealing with their whole life. It's just that the whole world is knowing and learning a lot more about it now. Things are being more exposed on social media and news cycles but (laughs) we're just saying there are a little bit of not a little bit there's a lot of kind of unfair treatments it's it's a little too much it's Mm. way exceeded the kind of accepted normal rates of people that misrepresent uh what your profession is about Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. needs to you know that needs to change somehow we don't know how we don't have some you know and i think after this point there's a lot of controversial statements that this article is attempting to make so because the next one says environmental concerns i gotta say i don't think that america is known for having dramatic environmental concerns i honestly as an american i'm gonna say Uh, what i think america has got really clean environment actually and i think the epa probably goes too far can I quote, I am not a huge fan of Bill Maher. I want to say that I do not like most of what he says, but I watch him anyway. And he recently did point out something I agree with him on. <laughs> he said that there was a solar farm they wanted to set up. It took 20 years of environmental protection agency reports and preparation before they were able to build that, which is going to provide energy for 250,000 homes. I think the United States has actually a very good reputation for having a clean environment, Accepting, and there are exceptions, but I mean, they do a good job, in my opinion. Am I right? I think when I when I saw this point, the first thing I thought about was uh, was uh, water quality. Was like water crisis mm. in. Oh yeah, right. Like uh, Flint and uh, yeah. Jacksonville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I think. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, but that's if you really look at other countries around the world and compare them to the United States. Yes, the United States has problems, and as Americans, maybe they're just not aware of how good it is honestly because in a lot of other countries there are far worse environmental concerns that's true i think i think this is mostly about the the you know the keyword from last point is pretty good it's a disparity between cities in america right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah you know one thing i did love um and if i if i could have it i would be i was very happy is just drinking tap water because you don't have to <laughs> yeah. you don't have to buy you don't have to wait for the water to cool or it can or taste weird though it can taste weird in some cities you're like I can taste like the chlorine like fl- flavor where from the cleaning process or whatever. Yeah, oh, I didn't then 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 that's no. But when I was living in New York and Boston, because that I think the two cities are known for really good water system, mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tap water supply. I was just it was just I was so happy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was just drink from the tap. And then when I was in Singapore recently um, and I didn't know this, but apparently you can drink out of the tap in oh, Singapore. Wow. as Neat. well. That's pretty cool. You know, I think mm-hmm. I actually have a hurt. I, this is bizarre. But I think uh 
uh, it's because there's been a lack of, you know, um, oh, massive modernization. But I heard that North Korea may have some of the cleanest water in the world. Oh, wow. Their, their river water, you could just like scoop up a cup of it anywhere and just drink it. And it's like, oh, God, I've always wanted to do that. You know, when I go on travel, um, when I visit these like mountains or whatever, which is not very often. I just want to make it clear. I'm not a very. <laughs> She's mountain hiking all the time. I'm not. I'm not a hiking or nature <laughs> person. But when I do go into those areas, when I see those little streams, I always get a, the urge to just go and do as people on social media or on TV do. And just like, you know, get a get a handful of water and bring it to my face and try to. What's, taste that, what's it. that kid from Willy Wonka who just jumps into the chocolate stream? So that's what you're talking about. But water stream. <laughs> OK, the next one is <laughs> mental health stigma. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, America, you guys with your 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 violent community actions, I don't want to talk about that doesn't happen anywhere else. That what is that? Why? Are, what is the, what is going I as an American? I don't understand because I don't have the urge to pick up a weapon and harm other people. But it happens so often in the United States. It's very serious. And it's, it's really not just that. I feel like the general number of people that have some sort of mental disease or just mental situation. Right. Is so much higher, especially now nowadays what is that where is it coming from i, I don't know and and it's i don't know either it doesn't i don't understand why it's such a huge problem in north america like what is going on we have to somewhat acknowledge that people nowadays live in a different situation but i mean i think every generation has have their own struggle right you know we didn't have to most people in our generation didn't have to experience world war we haven't right. knocking on wood experienced a really great recession to a point where like you have to change your lifestyle we had covid but you know that was pretty bad but just the number of people who are depressed who are who have like really severe anxiety overall is a lot higher but even with that number like it's still significantly more serious in america i feel like most people will have some sort of problems they either have a really bad sleeping problem or they have a really bad depression or they have like adhd they have you know all of these things some some of them that even developed when you're a, a young kid it's not like mm -hmm. i became an adult mm -hmm. and life became way too hard on me and i am just i'm just depressed and stressed out and that's giving me trouble it's like kids are are, are having um these these i hate these letters there's so many letters that are you know put together right yeah and pinning some children with that can be unhealthy for them because then they start to think that you know it's like this people told me i was a capricorn i was like whatever and then later people told me like, <laughs> all my life what the heck a capricorn is supposed to be like and eventually i start thinking i'm like that you know but i think that happens to kids too you tell them yeah. you have this four letter dis disorder and they start thinking maybe i do and they start behaving like that almost unconsciously and, th and that can be unhealthy yeah i think what we're saying is going to be quite con you know a lot of people are not going to accept it but i do think you know if the whole country the whole society is sick with this disease then who's really functioning right isn't it time to look into that i'm just saying yeah well you know it's not up to us it's up to the experts in those fields listening to The Bridge. The next one we already kind of talked about, which is gun violence. And I think this is very easy. You guys have legal guns for everyone. So that's that's why yeah. <laughs> no one else has that anywhere else. So that's why you guys have that problem. Yeah, sometimes like maybe like once in a few years, there's news in uh, that come comes out in Asian countries where someone um, like the kid in Thailand we, a couple months ago. And then people are like, see, there are guns in Asia as well. I was like, well, here's the difference. These guns were acquired by these shooters illegally. And if they did something bad with it, they can immediately track down where this is coming from and it's it's a very it's standalone incident it's not like you go anywhere there might be people that are carrying fire weapon legally walking right. around you well you know what's interesting i think as an american for me looking at uh you know south korea where i've lived and china where i've lived is that there are not even gun ranges so you cannot even go and pick one up and play with it and then hand it back to the authorities like you can't yeah. like in america you could just go to the kmart and buy one and walk out with a gun like in china i almost never see guns they're so rare and they only belong to very special parts of the 
police department. The vast majority of police are just walking around with a walkie-talkie and trying to like help people. They have a baton. So, like, it, they have uh, yeah. tasers. No, not even always. Yeah. Not, not even always. always. Sometimes they have nothing. They're just like yeah, the, in a blue shirt and like <laughs> slacks, and they're like, "Hi, I'm the police." Yeah, the police force. The police force here is very. Um, how do we say? Mm. Separated by their functions. They're police. They're we call it maybe the you call it your community police or the daily police police that kind of just patrols the neighborhood not even patrolling like they have their pictures and their phone numbers picture like you know on the wall of your building and you take it down if you need to call them or talk to them you you call them and then they mostly deal with for example if you there's an elderly in your place that needs help or you need to figure out something um you find something that you're worried about you talk to them about it so nothing that's immediately threatening your life and death and then there are police forces that are more equipped but um i think i said this before on the show one of my family relatives was a um a a detective Mm. so uh, police that are faced with more situation more serious situations more often than not and they do carry guns but they only get the guns when they go to work and then they have to return the guns Mm. when they leave work so you know if they found a suspect that they're searching for after they they're off duty they're off clock then well sorry they don't have a gun so it's not like if you're if you're a detective um or a special unit in the police force then you just get to have a weapon that you can carry around so jason is absolutely correct you really don't see guns that much at all you know i think it's not just china it's most country you know let's move on i think this is one another one of those really if could be a full episode things. yeah so i'm not sure uh, complex immigration policies i'm not sure i agree with this yes 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 you, you do yes 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 i yes. think this exists everywhere <laughs> you know everywhere you go it's complex to move there and become someone who lives there works there you know goes to yeah. school there or stays permanently That's true i think yes the united states has complex immigration policies but so do almost every country on earth so that's true yeah uh, we were, we brought some uh uh guests to an event here in china and they had to fill out the uh, visa application for they were just com- they were just complaining a little bit they were saying why do they need to know what my dad's phone number is? <laughs> the, my friend said all of these questions about my extensive family and he said can i just say when they ask about my dad's information can i just say not applicable to see that i was like i was like yes, yes i think you can but then the funny thing is i was filling out i was trying to apply for a tourist visa uh to the united states and i was filling it out i was like look it's the same set of questions it's not just china right yeah it's exactly like if i need yeah. to go to the states yeah um, and then i just only say it's very um complex because for me when i was going to school there when i was trying to work there there's so many so many red tapes to cut through there's so many things that you didn't know and doubt if you will ever be able to know fully um if we rewind time for me to go back to when i first moved to the states and I did have like really good teaching opportunities, job opportunities that were lost because of that. And then, you know, uh, I missed my best friend's wedding that I helped uh, prepared because the date was calculated in a certain way. And just bad memories <laughs> left kind of a bitter taste uh, for me when it comes to immigration policies. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you're going to find that's the same thing anywhere. I, I've seen movies about people Probably. trying to move to Germany and how hard it is. It's, I think it's just one of those things. OK, so the next one is that's true. Over commercialization. You know, I agree and don't agree. I think, yeah. And same, same. Some countries, this is not a problem. And I switch mm-hmm. it around the world all the time to watch different commercials or see what's going to happen. And if I'm on YouTube, wow. France is constantly inundated with commercials you get way more if you if you go to france yeah there they're commercials constantly and they're very long and you can't just click through them a lot of the time it's a nightmare but you go to places like <laughs> macedonia suddenly no commercials <laughs> so i think you know it's not just that i think there are other aspects of it and, yeah you know this is very complex and it's like poster boards and put in movies yeah and i mean how you know how much do you yeah go ahead go ahead yeah i think we see a lot I think the the point in the article didn't go into details, but I feel like this is also about the holidays, about all of the traditions, the shopping craze that people go through. Mm -hmm. But again, in today's world, that's kind of the same thing. Like if if you're talking about this is a bad thing about living in uh, America, then I have to put this on China as well. We just went through with the double 11, which I didn't buy anything Mm -hmm. this time. Oh, I bought so much stuff. Oh my God. I got I got a couple new hoodies and yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Well, things double 11 is basically when things go on super sale here in 
China and it's created, it's absolutely fabricated. It didn't exist before. It didn't for, it's not for any other occasion. It's just, it's just became. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an e-commerce shopping holiday where yeah. people go on. So it's the Black Friday of China, but it's, it doesn't follow Thanksgiving. Actually, nobody will thank themselves after double 11. I heard someone spend, um, someone said they put things in their shopping cart and they did a calculation. It's over 36,000 quiet. I was like, that is what? That is absolutely. Oh, yeah. I spent like a couple hundred. I'm not. <laughs> you don't count, Jason, <laughs> when it comes yeah, to this. Yeah, I guess not. But yeah, I think this is very much similar here. It's just the can you, what what do you what can you say the market economy and people are part of that economy you can always stay out of it if you want like alex did for this double 11 so i won't blame mm. this on the country yeah well you know for china yeah you know okay in america, america you obviously have christmas in china we have kind of christmas we also have christmas and it's called christmas but we also have chinese new year and i love it i love the the music playing and the grocery stores and everything is red and there's like lanterns everywhere and like Very I, festive. I, I love the commercialism of the you need to buy stuff to bring back home when you go see your parents for your family I, members yeah. it's so warm and delightful you know i gotta say there are there are or, you know, they say over commercialization. Some commercialization's kind of fun. I, you know? I agree. I actually, we have this group of friends that we always celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas with. And every year we buy, you know, I I enjoy kind of the, 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 the anxiety of picking gifts for everybody just a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, this person is going to love my gift. And then we do a super grand gift exchange session in their house and it's it's you know it's these people's home away from home because they're not in their home country but we still do some we still do the holiday probably exactly like how they did with their parents and their family back in the states or the uk and i think it's heartwarming you know and as a chinese person just mm -hmm. i love i love participating in that as well just the gift exchange part <laughs> it's like I want to, I want you to feel happy and I want you to say thank you. <laughs> that sounds so horrible. You know, actually, I, I have to be selfish about this. I, I don't, you know, if other people are happy during Chinese New Year or Christmas or whatever it is, I'm happy that they're happy. But honestly, I'm just going to be happy anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Okay, so we're going to move on if we're going to get through all of these. Yeah. The next one is child care challenges. And yes, um, if you have a well, here's the thing, if you have a great job for a big company in the United States, this is not as much of an issue. But the, all the working people, the people in the service job, they do have this kind of challenge. Like, can grandma help me? You know, because daycare is unaffordable for them. And there's and so no forth. IE. Yeah, because, you know, in other countries around the world, including China, you have, uh, you know, maternal leave. Uh, you have paternal leave, actually, in China now. And in, that's months long for for the mother and one month for the male. And, but yeah. in, um, in America, you have nothing like that. So, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a baby. OK, well, when can you come back Good to work? Luck, yeah. Like, yeah, right. So and then you don't get paid if you if you're working at like, you know, I don't want to name a, you know, a restaurant, oftentimes or a fast food restaurant. They're going to be like, OK, I guess you we won't see you for a couple of weeks, but you're not getting paid. And so the rest of the world pays moms while they're not, uh, you know, able to come in for a while. Yeah. So this is something the United States needs to address, not just allowing companies to make the rules for their employees to incentivize employees to go to higher paying jobs but everyone because some people are not going to be able to get these you know ideal jobs and then yeah, there's a small what, number of people who have that luxury, it's not fair you know? it's not fair it's unfair it's unequal so i yeah. don't like that okay and, and, i'm gonna move on yeah OK, let's move on. Infrastructure shortcomings. This is something that didn't used to be true in the 1980s. You know, I think probably people looked to America and said, wow, they have amazing infrastructure. But that's not mm. the case anymore. Now America has, you know, like developing world infrastructure in some cases. Mm. So like, Means for example, train yeah, there, you yeah. know, we, we are aware publicly in America that there were two or three giant train derailings that were uh, newsworthy and, and covered everywhere and people were very yeah. concerned. But most Americans don't realize there is a train derailing almost every day in the United States. <laughs> if you live in Boston, you can see the train derailing. The Boston, <laughs> tea. Boston tea. A Packers corner <laughs> just derailed sometimes and it's no big deal. But uh, hey, the train is off the track. OK, here's the thing. You guys developed later than we did. So <laughs> you have the opportunity to, uh, you know, 
learn from all the other countries around the world and make it yeah. very high quality. Like, okay, these are the things that didn't work. So we're going to make it better. And so you have like all these amazing, super modern infrastructure and the United States were like among those nations that did it first. So they have not the best in some cases, you know, in a lot of cases. Yeah. And it, yeah, the way it's built, it's probably hard for an upgrade. I constantly think about when I was in New York, I think I look at these subway stations and I was like, oh my God, how much is it going to take for them to change this, this ticketing system? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's not just how much would it actually cost to replace a set of tricks? It's like, how could they do it even? It's also red tape. I mean, look at California. I mean, I got to say, you know, Gavin Newsom, yay. I'm glad he's trying to learn from China. However, one of the problems with California, and I think everyone in America will agree with this, is that if you want to achieve something, there are so many governmental institutions that you have to go to to get approval. Yeah. Once you do them in the best order you can, sometimes after you get one approval, you have to go back two or three steps and get it reapproved because things will oh, be changed. Okay. And so that's why sometimes it can take years and years and years, even decades to get some projects off the ground because mm. not because of building it, but because you need to get all of these different institutions to approve it. So America is like the land of red tape. And this is what we need to fix. We don't need to fix our ability to manufacture things. We don't need to fix our ability to build things. America's know-how. Yeah. You know, we're a very advanced nation. The problem is getting approval to build cool stuff in the United States is a nightmare. And we need like to have like a federal referendum on how to get this stuff done. And I'm sorry, EPA, we need to cut down some of your powers. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not really a competition for me. It's not a competition about who has the fanciest or most artistic buildings, because some people say, ah, you know, America has some of the world's best architectural design. Yes, that's true. But we're talking about things that can be built to help other people live and help the whole society move forward. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's an interesting point. I think I think that's really interesting for the China is always it always comes back to how do we help the people, yeah. which is a great way to think about things. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Okay, next one is political polarization. I think this is a problem in the United States. I also think it's worse elsewhere. Not in China, obviously, yeah. but it, in some countries around the world, you you can watch their parliaments literally like throwing chairs at each other, you know? Oh, yeah. Chairs, <laughs> shoes, right. punches yeah. at each other. That's unfathomable So people for people here. So political polarization right now is worse in the United States than it's been like in recent history, in recent decades. But if you look around the world at some of the other political systems, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, and it's... For me, as someone who didn't grow up in America when I moved, first moved there, it's not just political polarization. It's kind of the what's the correct word? Uh, politicizing of everything. Yeah. What whatever issue that comes up, it becomes a political issue to a point where I was commenting on a one of the social phenomenon. I was commenting on one of the incidents and my friend that was actually very nice with me came and said, you were being very insensitive to make this political. I was like, oh, I'm not making anything political. What? I don't even know. Mm. Like, I didn't even know that it was a political issue mm -hmm. for me. It was a social issue. It was a safety issue. It was a life and death issue. It wasn't a political issue. But is politicizing the red word? I think you're nailed it, actually. I didn't think about it in that way until you pointed it out. But I think you're completely right. <laughs> Everything's politics. Everything's politics. Even dressing. Like, right. You know, one of the things that gets me is a uh, cultural appropriation thing. Uh -huh. You know, I have to say I used to be on the fence about this. When I was living in the United States, it was like, okay, I could never dress like this. I never dress like that. Okay, these are the rules, right? I moved to China and then slowly I began to unravel this until now I just think it's ludicrous. <laughs> because, yeah, we've talked about this before. I've worn Chinese clothes and I've posted on Chinese media. I've got people thousands of people who are like, that's great, you know? And I think there are ways to do it disrespectfully and that's rude, but it's not just, that's not how it's called out. It's called out anytime anyone from any part of one culture is trying to copy some other culture, people get mad. And I think that's dumb. And so I think like, you know, Americans can over be overly sensitive and overly politicize. And it is the right word. All kinds of, uh, things that don't need to be. I, agree. I was on Twitter. I like to wear those old style, you know, uh, Irish 
British caps, you know, the hats. Yeah, it's a kind of, oh yeah, it's a different style, right? I like to wear, I have a bunch of them. And someone said, oh my gosh, he's wearing an Irish flat cap. Is everyone okay with this? And I I was just like, oh my my gosh, block. (laughs) I don't need to hear from this person ever again. Their opinion is meaningless to me now. Oh my God. And if they saw the things that they'd be like, you could easily, like, this is how ridiculous it is. You could look at any Chinese person and be like, this person is trying to dress like uh, uh, North Koreans. Or this person is trying to dress like South Koreans. This person's dressed like Japanese people. Right, yeah. You know, and then you can say that about anybody in any direction as well. When is it going to be um, not okay for you to... I don't know. It's just like you, people can dress however they want as long as they don't have ill intentions. Why do you care? Yeah, if you're some white person in blackface or you're dressed up as a Native American in a, in a Halloween and you're like making yeah, yeah, yeah sounds, I think maybe you need to question what you're doing. You know, the most but for, for like, yeah. if you're trying to wear someone else's uh, style and you know, you're like, yes, this is their style, but I'm wearing it and you're doing it respectfully because you think you look cool. I think that's fine. And I think most people from yeah. that culture probably think that's fine. Most ridiculous question I've heard personally was about hair color. You know how we like Asian people have really dark hair. Yeah. It gave us a lot, a lot of room to play with the color on our hair. It could be whatever color we want it to be as long as we choose to just dye it, you know, right, yeah. um, and it's fun and it's whatever. And I remember I was trying to dye, dye my hair uh, blonde and my friend was like, oh, why? Is it because you hate your culture? I was like, what? Oh my gosh. They're like, wow. yeah, you're trying to be white? I was like, excuse you. <laughs> oh my That's ridiculous. Gosh. Just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the things like this. I think we're, let's try to get uh, more down on this list because I'll watch it. Yep. Uh, work-life imbalance. You know, this is, can be a problem for individuals in any society, right? Yeah. And I, I, I will come out and say that it, it is work-life imbalance is probably more of a problem here. You think, so? oh yeah, that whole, a few years ago, there was a discussion about 996, right? Yeah. And I was just talking about this to my Chinese friends who are living in America as well. And they were asking me whether they should work for a certain internet company, tech company, and work for their offices in the States. And I was like, I'm going to be very honest with you. If you work there, you probably won't have the same lifestyle you have right now but if you need it for stability you need it for transition because he just got let go from his company because of the um how bad the economy is right now um in the states if you need that sure go for it but if you don't have to go to this company i would suggest you not to because i know how you've been working for the past eight years you're not going to be able to really Mm -hmm. acclimate it to the working culture there and that's that's kind of the same for Mm -hmm. a lot of people that doesn't mean we don't know how to have fun you know If, if you go to any coffee shop or go to any shopping mall during the day there's a whole bunch of people just chilling you're like what do you do for a living i want to do your job as well i think the same thing that you're saying about china is true about america right so we need to think you know there are jobs where americans drive themselves nuts working way too much and you know, pr fashion <laughs> i mean there are jobs in china where people work too much but if you look at a lot of normal folks like who work at you know regular jobs they go home on time they show up on time they show up late i, I for certain <laughs> that's like, that's true you have the same thing in America. You So I think what it is, it's not there's a problem in China or there's a problem in the United States or there's a problem in whatever country. I think there are individual like industries or styles of work that are too intense everywhere. That's true. But one thing that I like and I got to say, you know, both China and the United States can learn from is France, where it's like you're not at work. It's illegal for your boss to call. I, you. <laughs> oh, my God. That is such a huge plus my my friend marissa was telling me and this is in the state so a little bit kudos to the states at least she was able to put in the message when she was on leave she said i'm going to a music festival and unless your your dying wish is to call me don't call me <laughs> <laughs> and then she's yeah. able to say that but here is like i need a beast on standby i had to talk to my co-workers to change their mentality as well they're like oh we have to be on standby uh what if something happens i was like look if you don't reply to these messages and uh, these messages right now and the company's gonna just go south completely then they're not paying you enough <laughs> to, to do your job <laughs> yeah exactly that's a very good point right if the company is not gonna survive without you on saturday for an hour there's something wrong with your position you should have a higher position okay let's move on you should just say this is way about my pay uh, rate. <laughs> yeah i think we could kind of skip over this one quickly uh limited paid leave we kind of already talk about that that is something yeah this is something the government in the united states needs to look around at other governments at adv- other advanced economies and realize they're way 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 behind mm. the, no- the next one is 
And I, I think this is this is very complex for me because I don't fully understand China's system. Yep. But education system inconsistencies. Mm. Yeah, this is a problem in the United States where if you live in a wealthy neighborhood, your school gets more uh, local tax funding and stuff. And so your school tends to be better. If you live in a low income neighborhood, your school tends to get less tax money and tends to not mm. be as good. So this is a problem in the United States. I don't know about China very well in terms of neighborhoods and how schools are. Could you tell me a little bit about this? I want to be very fair about this, that there are uh, advantages you could have if you live in a good neighborhood. And that actually drives up the housing price for mm -hmm. certain neighborhoods mm -hmm. if it's very close to if it's zoned as, uh, you know, uh, like a school zone for a certain school. And people, mm -hmm. of course, try to fight for the good schools. But if you don't have that opportunity, if you don't have that money to buy houses or you don't have the uh, qualifications to buy a property close to this one nice school the other schools are just fine every other school is yeah. pretty much at least in bigger cities you can go to any school and you will be okay it's not like if you don't go to the school your kids are going to be in danger your kids safety can be guaranteed the schools overall especially for primary school and junior high schools so basically uh, first grade until ninth grade you have a very much guaranteed quality safety to your kids education and it's, it's not expensive it's not even not that expensive it's not expensive at all i think i think at least in that sense even for smaller schools that are built closer to the villages in less developed areas um there are so many policies that support the teaching resources for those places as well well you know actually i think you kind of summed up how my wife and i feel about this summer and i we were talking about well you know, let's have a child. I can't wait. We know we, we haven't succeeded. It may, may never happen. You know, you never you know. know. Exactly. But you we were know. thinking, OK, well, yeah. what about their education? And we know a lot of parents who are like these very ambitious parents who are trying to move to certain neighborhoods like Heidi Inn and stuff. And we were thinking, yeah. should we send them to international school? And then we did, ultimately we were like, no, nah, wherever we're living, let's just go to the school there. But if I, I got to say, if I was living in the United States, I wouldn't feel that way. I would be like, OK, yeah, this school is terrible. We're moving yeah. to this other town. Right. So I think yeah. because, not because the education, you but because of fear of violence and stuff, actually. There's a lot there's a lot of um, American schools are yeah, dangerous think, and uh, some of them are not. And that's not something you run into in China. Not at all. And then I, I do want to make it very clear that, you know, any of the points that we covered in this episode, when we're saying this country or this group, we are not trying to generalize or represent everybody. But but I, I at least at least I think I've never heard anyone in China saying I'm pulling my kid out of the school system and homeschool them because it is a better education that I can give them at home. Right. Yeah. That I've never heard that either, actually. Now, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. I've never heard of that in China. I've never met a single child who was homeschooled in China. That's very interesting. It's such, it's so not a thing. <laughs> this is number 16 or 17. So we're almost done. And I don't want to talk about this one too much. I think it's very controversial. Yeah. But America has a massive, it says opioid epidemic, but I don't think it just means that there's a, there's a massive drug problem in the United States. Yeah. And this is not the case in most countries around the world in, in China. And in fact, I can't think this is a problem in most Asian countries at all. Yeah. In fact, if you go to any Asian countries, finding drugs is probably almost impossible. It's very serious over here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the United States, this is you guys. This is uh, something again, I, I'm going to say my solution. Uh, you know, everyone has their solution. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. But I think the United States needs 10,000 you know, rehab centers built across the country with federal funding, and they need to run those for the next 20 or 30 years. I think that this is something that does not, this is an American problem. And it is, it's you guys or us. Yeah. It's not anyone else. I have something to say, but I don't think it's like you said, sure, go ahead. no, I think it's very, it's sure. very controversial when you, when we talk about rehab centers, because I don't know, it's uh, it looking to me like, you know, could it become the same, like the, the, the justice system, like the prison system. Right in America where it becomes so profitable that I think it's super profitable right now and do they really want people to get better? That's, you know, right, sorry, yeah. it's a little conspiracy theory, but, you know, you have to think yeah. about it because Maybe. there are facts supporting there, there are facts and data supporting how we know about the prison system in America. I was recently I recently learned there's a kid who's super rich yeah. because his dad uh, owns one of the big prison systems, not just one prison. And then he got famous because he would just live stream 
him walking around in prison as the owner's son and interacting. Oh my God. Yeah. That's he got really awful. On, on TikTok. Okay. We need yeah, some new laws. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. This is the final one on the list and it is barriers to social mobility. America at least tells the story that is a meritocracy. Mm. That is the story. Yeah. Of America that they tell to the world. It's like, oh, in America, if you work hard, you can achieve anything. Apparently, I'm the only one who doesn't realize that's completely not true <laughs> because yeah. Americans seem not to think that. What do you think, Alex? I, I actually wasn't really sure this whole about this whole point to barriers to social mobility. I do like the fact that it's more open in America when it comes to people you could meet, things you could attend and mm -hmm. opportunities you can dream of. If you are already in the industry, that is, if you're if you're struggle, if you're struggling for right. putting a roof over your head and you're struggling for any of the previous points that we covered, then yes, this be, there's a barrier. But I feel like, again, that's pretty much hmm. the same everywhere else. And we have this other friend. I, I sound like I have a lot of friends, but this you other good person that I know who, who moved <laughs> to the States with his parents when he was like 13 or 14, his wife really wants him to come back and work in China, but he's very scared of it. Not because he doesn't want to, it's because his parents told me that they told him that if he moved back, then he would have to deal with a lot of like office politics and, you know, just interpersonal relations that he might not be well trained for. But I was like, look, it's going to be the same in America. It's the same thing. You know, right. my friend that got laid off, he got laid off because his boss's boss, who was like the the the, the C, one of the C and O's, the CCOs of this company mm -hmm. um, got, you know, kicked out. They didn't work well with him and the other O's. So he got, he got kicked out of the company and then they found a way to get rid of everyone that he brought up. And my friend was one of them. It's the same thing. Come on, guys. I, mm -hmm. I don't think this is particularly bad just for the United States. And I don't think Maybe I'm spoiled and privileged. I, I don't think there's that much, that many barriers. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking that about myself. I was thinking that I grew up in the United States. It didn't seem like a problem. But then I'm th also thinking I'm a white male. So maybe that's why it didn't seem like a problem for me. You know? Yeah. And yeah. if you're talking about, if you're talking about, I, I mean, if the author's trying to talk about something like you're stuck in a class, then I have to disagree a little bit. If you work hard in China or the United States, there are some, look at, what's this, this Jack Ma, right? I remember he. He has a story yeah. where he was one of 20 people who applied for a job at KFC after college. And uh, he was the only person that they chose <laughs> not to hire. And now he's one of the top 50 richest people in China. Yeah. So I think China and the United States both have these people that came from nothing and they achieved everything. So. Yeah, if you're stuck in a community, you know, right, your community is impoverished in both countries, it could be challenging for you to get the necessary education to be able to succeed. But I think that if you come from a place where in both countries where you your education is enough for you to go out and try anything, that if you go and try hard enough in the right ways that you'll probably be able to make it to an, at least the next level or two in society or in class. But I think where we've used up all the time we have all of these topics could be their own show uh so it's kind mm. of fun to do them all at once you know sort of like sweeping generalizations about everything absolutely if we're wrong tell us we want to know why we're wrong yeah. <laughs> and what your opinions are or what you think about all of these issues please email us at we love the bridge all one word at gmail.com we would be thrilled to read your comments and maybe read them on the air thank you so much for your time listeners thank you so much for your time Alex. Thank you, Jason, and thanks for joining us, everybody.